The focus of this parak is the fourth and final type of Shavuah Midaisa, namely a Shavuah Hapikodin. Pikodin literally refers to an item which was given to somebody to look after. Now Shavuah Hapikodin refers to when somebody has in his possession something which belongs to someone else. And the first example of such a case which the Torah gives is a Pikodin, where it was given to him to look after. And the Shavuah Sapkodin is when he denies having it in his possession. But the same would apply even if it wasn't literally a Pekodin. It could be he stole the item, and that's why it's in his possession. If he swears that it's not in his possession, the Shavuah Sapkodin would apply there as well. Just the reason why it's called the Shavuah Sapkodin is because the first example which the Torah gives is where it's in his possession as a result of being given to him to look after. Alright, Shavuah Sapkodin. Kate said, what, how does a Shavuah Sapkodin work? What is the classic example of a Shavuah Sapkodin? Oh my God, if the owner of... The item says to the other person, Tenli pikdoin sheshli biyadcha, give me my pikodain which is in your possession. And he replies, Shavuosh enoch biyadi, ayyaka shavua that you have not got anything in my possession. Or let's say somebody said to another person, Enoch biyadi, you have not got anything in my possession. And then the other, let's say you've got Reuven and Shimon. And let's say Reuven is always the one claiming off Shimon that Shimon has one of Reuven's items. So in this case, Shimon says to Reuven, I have not got any of your items. Reuven replies, Mashbi'achani. I demand that you make a Shavuah that you don't have anything of, of mine. V'omai omein, and Shimon replies with the word omein. Omein, as we have seen, is considered to be as if he himself is uttering the Shavuah. And in this case, Haizachayev, who would be liable to the Kavon Asham, as long as he admits later on to having falsely made the Shavuah Sapekodain, the punishment for Shavuah Sapekodain, in a case where he admits to it, is that he needs to bring a Kavon Asham, and also add on a fifth, a Chaymesh, to the value which he pays back. Now, it should be noted that Shavuah Sapekodain even applies without Ruve making a claim against him. Even if he just goes up to Ruven and he says, I make a Shavuah that you haven't got any of, my, of your items with me, that would also be enough to make him liable. The reason why the Mishnah gives an example where he claims it off him is because in such a case, it would need to be that Reuven is the one who claims it. He's the one who demands the Shavuah. But if a random other person says to Shimon, I demand that you make a Shavuah that you don't have any of Reuven's items in your possession, then that wouldn't be considered a valid demand for a Shavuah. Alright, now regarding the laws of Shavuah Eidos, we learned that there's a rule, As soon as somebody, a witness, makes a statement in Beistin, anything which he says later on is totally irrelevant. And because of that, even if he makes lots of false claims in Beistin, if Ruven demands him to make a Shavuah in front of Beistin and he denies it every time, he continues to make his false claim, he will nevertheless only be liable to one carbon, since after his first false claim, anything else that he says is irrelevant. That is a rule which applies to testifying and based in. Now, that's certainly not applicable to Shavuot HaPikadayin. You're not giving testimony when it comes to Shavuot HaPikadayin. And therefore, if Ruvain demanded a Shavuot from Shimon five times, whether it was in front of based in or not in front of based in, and Shimon denied it each time, he continued to make his false claim. He would be liable to bring a carbon for every single demand of the Shavuah. Or Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon explained, What is the reason? Because he is able to retract and to actually admit to having made a false claim after he made his false claim. There is significance in the, his next claim as well. We haven't got a rule that after he made his false claim, that's it. We don't hear anything else that he says. And therefore, he will be liable for each time. Mr. Gimbal, if there were five people making a claim against Shimon, that Shimon has their items in his possession. 
Omruloi, they said to him, Ten lonu pikodin sheish lonu yadcha. Give us the pikodin, give us our items which you have in your possession. And he replies to all of them in one go, Shavuot she'en lachem biyadi. I make a shavuot that none of you have anything in my possession. Says Mishnah in Chaimel Achas, he's only liable to one carbon because he only made one shavuot which included everything. However, Shavuot she'en lachem biyadi. If he said, I make a shavuot that you don't have anything in my possession. V'leilach, v'leilach, nor do you, nor do you have anything in my possession. So he separated the shavuot out into different parts, and we view it as separate shavuot, and therefore Chaimel Achas, he will be liable to a carbon for each and every one. Rebbe Liezer says, that's not considered to be five different Shavuos. He only mentioned the word Shavuah once. According to Rebbe Liezer, he needs to make, he needs to mention the word Shavuah at the end to show that it's going on all of them. If he only makes, if he only mentions the word Shavuah at the beginning, it could be interpreted that the Shavuah is only, is only referring to the first person. But if he says it at the end, then he's showing that the Shavuah is referring to all of the statements which he has said, to, and therefore he'll be liable for all of them. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, it's only considered to be a Shavuah, a separate Shavuah for each of them. And If he says the word Shavuah, when he's talking to each and every one of them. He says, a Shavuah that I don't have anything of yours, a Shavuah that I don't have anything of yours. Only then would it be considered to be separate Shavuahs for each one of them. Alright, now what happens if we have just two people, Reuven and Shimon, and Reuven says to Shimon, Give me the pikodon, that which I gave you to look after, and the loan which I gave you, and that which you stole from me, and that which I lost and you picked up. I claim that you have four different items of mine, and they arrived at you for different reasons, and I'm claiming all of them from you. And Shimon replies, Shavuot she'enoch biyadi, I make a shavuot that you do not have anything in my possession. So he made one inclusive shavuot, and enochayim elachas, therefore he is only liable for one shavuot. So he'll be liable only to one carbon. Shavuot she'enoch biyadi, However, if he says, did I make a shavuot that you don't have in my possession, a pikodon, or a loan, or an item which was stolen, or an item which was lost, he repeats all of the individual things and separates them out, According to the Tanakama of this Mishnah, he will be liable to a separate carbon for each one of them because it's viewed as separate Shavuos. Now also in this case, Rebbe Yezer and Rebbe Shimon would argue, and they would say that he has to mention the word Shavuah at the end or after each claim, but at least according to the Tanakama, in this case he would be liable for each one of them. On a similar note, according to the Tanakama, if Ruvain says to him, Give me the wheat, barley, and spelt which I have in your possession, and he replies, Shavuot she'enoch biyadi, I make a shavuot that you have not got anything in my possession, he's only liable for having transgressed one Shavuot sapikodon, because he included it all in one. However, if he separates it out, and he says, Shavuot she'enoch biyadi, I make a shavuot that you have not got in my possession, wheat, barley, or spelt, then he would be liable for each and every time. Now, according to this opinion, what would happen if Ruvain claimed from him Instead of chitim, which is the plural for wheat, so it refers to lots of wheat, what happens if he claims from him chita, which literally refers to wheat in the singular? So when he refers to wheat in the singular, does that mean he's referring to a single grain of wheat? Or is it like, even in the English, when we refer to wheat, we're referring to lots of wheat together, we just don't call it wheats. We refer to lots of wheat also in the singular. So Rabbi Meir, Omer, Rabbi Meir says, If he makes a shwasa edus regarding chita, wheat, barley, or spelt, using the singular form, according to Rabbi Meir, that refers to a group, to a lot of wheat, and therefore, 
who will be liable for each and every one. However, according to the Chachomim, which are not mentioned in the Mishnah, we interpret what he is saying as referring to a single grain of wheat or barley or spelt, and therefore it's worth a very small amount, even less than a Shoah Prutta, which is the minimum value for which Rosa Eidos is going to apply, and therefore he would not be liable in such a case. Mishadalit, just like we learned regarding Shvasa Eidos, the one is only liable if he is causing a loss of money, and that means that if he would give testimony, then the person would be able to collect money in order to cover his loss, if, let's say, somebody caused him damage. So he owes him compensation for that. So by you not testifying, you're causing him not to be able to receive his compensation, and therefore he's losing out on the money of the damage. Not on potential gain, but he is not covering his loss of money. However, when it comes to payments of fines, where the idea of the payment is not to cover the person's loss, but it's to punish the other person to make him pay, then there would not be a liability of Shvasa Eidos, and the same applies to Shvasa Pekodoin. So if Reuven says to Shimon, on Nasto Fetisa's Biti, you forced my daughter to have relations with you, or at least you seduced her, you convinced her to have relations with you, and the punishment in such a case is that he owes money to the daughter's father. There is a fine of 50 silver coins. So he's effectively saying, you owe me 50 silver coins. And that would also be an example of a Shvasa Pekodoin to the extent that it would be considered covering a loss. Because he's claiming that you owe me money. And until you've given me the money, so you have essentially something which belongs to me in your possession. And he claims that, no, I didn't force your daughter or seduce her to have relations with me. And Reuven replies, I demand that you make a shavua about that. And Shimon replied, So he accepted the shavua upon himself. He would be liable to... Shimon says he is exempt. Because the law is that something which is a fine, one doesn't pay from his own admission. If he admits to having done that avera, then he is not liable to the fine. So you see from there that the idea of the fine is not to cover his loss. Rather, it's a punishment for him, and the punishment is only given if he didn't admit to having done the Aveira. And therefore, it's not considered to be a monetary loss, and therefore the law of Shuasa Pekodin won't apply. Now, the Chachom agree, but Omruloi the Chachom said to him, as well as the payment of 50 silver coins which the person needs to give him, there are also other payments involved, and the other payments are to compensate for the loss. For example, the embarrassment which was caused to her, the pain... It could be that after having relations, her value in the market goes down, and these are all payments to cover the loss. So Omroide said to Rishimon, even though he doesn't pay the kanas from, his, from admitting it himself, so that shows that the kanas is not to cover the loss. However, he does pay for the embarrassment which he caused her, or the amount that he made her go down in value, even if he admits it. So you see that those payments are not dependent and they are not considered to be a punishment, rather they're to cover the loss. So even if you admit to doing it, you would still certainly be obligated to pay that to him to cover the loss. And therefore, if somebody denies having forced the person's daughter to have relations with him, he is also denying owing him money to cover his loss, and therefore it would come under the category of Shvas Hapikodain. Now, Rabbi Shimon argues only because Rabbi Shimon understands that when he made the claim, when Reuven made the claim against Shimon, that you owe me money for what you did, the main claim which he is making, according to Rabbi Shimon, is the fixed amount of 50 silver coins. So his denial is referring to that particular point. So we're only discussing the kanas, the, the, the part of the fine, which is not to cover the loss, and therefore 
Rabbi Shimon says that Shavas B'Kodon wouldn't apply. But the Chachom and the Rabbi Shimon agree to the principle that Shavas B'Kodon only applies to somebody who is denying money and thereby causing a monetary loss. Mishnah, hey, this Mishnah gives lots of examples to bring this point out. If Reuben claims to Shimon, going to show you, you stole my ox. You stole my animal, Vuaymer, and Shimon claims, Loganavti, I didn't steal it, Mashbiachani. Ruvain says, I demand you that you make a Shavua. Ramar Amen and Shimon says, Amen. He makes the Shavua. Chayev, he is liable for Shavuas Abkadain. Because the punishment for somebody who stole it is to give back the item, plus its value. So there is also a part of the payment, which is not to cover the loss. But since part of it is to, co- is to cover the loss, and he also denied that part, so he would be liable. But what happens if Gonavti, he admits that he stole it, he claims that I didn't slaughter the animal, or I didn't sell the animal. There's an additional punishment for a thief who does that, but that punishment is already not to cover the loss. It's already, it's already a punishment for him. So if that's the only part which he is denying, then Mashbiachani, if Ruvain demands a Shavuah from him, and he accepts the Shavuah, Potter will be exempt, because on the part of the payment which is to cover the loss, he admitted to, and he never made a full Shavuah regarding that part. Alright, what happens if Ruvain claims to Shimon, Your ox killed my ox. And he claims that my ox didn't, didn't kill your ox. Ruvain says to Shimon, I make you swear about that. If Omar Amein and Shimon accepted the Shavuah upon himself, Chayev, he would be liable because the law is that when one's animal causes damage to somebody else's possessions, he is liable to compensate. Now what happens if Hamis Shoycha is Avdi? Ruvain claims to Shimon that your ox killed my servant. In this case, the Torah fixes a fixed amount that the owner of the ox would need to pay the owner of the servant. That fixed amount is 30 silver coins, that 30 shekel, but it's a fixed amount. If it's a fixed amount, then you see that it's not to cover the loss. If it was to cover the loss, then it should depend on the value of the servant. The fact that it is a fixed amount of 30 shekel shows that it is a kanas, it's a fine, it's a punishment for the owner of the ox, and therefore the laws of Shavuah Sapakodim would not apply. So for who I am if Shimon claimed that my ox didn't kill your servant, and Ruvain says to him, Mashpiachani, I demand that you make a Shavuah, the Omer Amen and Shimon said Amen. He accepted the Shavuah upon himself. Potter would be exempt because this is not a case of causing him a, ma- a monetary loss. Oh my life, Ruin claims to Shimon Chavaltobi, you injured me, and you caused me to have a wound. The law is, if that is true, that Shimon would have a monetary obligation to compensate Ruvain. So this is considered to be a monetary loss. So who I if Shimon claims I didn't injure you, I didn't give you a wound, Ruvain says to him, I demand you make a Shavuah of Omar Amein. And Shimon says, Omein, Chayev. He will be liable for Shavuah because this is a case of a monetary loss. Now, the law is that if somebody owns a slave and he injures the slave to the extent that one of his limbs is now totally useless. For example, he takes out his, his, his tooth or he blinds his eye. The law is that he's obligated to set the servant free. But this is also considered to be a sort of fine and punishment for the owner of the slave. It's not a way of compensating the servant for his loss, for his monetary loss. And therefore, if if somebody's servant says to him, you knocked out my tooth, or you made my eye blinded. And Shimon claims, and Shimon claims, the, the, the owner of the slave claims, I did not knock your tooth out, and I didn't make you blind. And the servant says, I demand that you make a shavua of Omar Amein. And the owner of the slave says, Omein, Potter will be exempt, because it's not concerning a monetary loss. 
And the Mishnah says that clothes is the rule. Anybody who pays, even in a case where he admits to having done the Avera, so that shows that the idea of the payment is compensation for the monetary loss, and therefore Chayev will be liable for Shvaz HaPakadon. But Vishayin Mishal HaPiyatzmai, if it's something which he doesn't pay based on his own admission, but only if the based in catch him based on witnesses, etc., so that shows that the idea of the payment is not to cover the other person's loss, but it's to punish this person. And in that case, Potter will be exempt for Shavuas HaPakadon.